This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life, and that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline, a licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. Search for Freedom's Disciple on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music, where a new show is released for free every Saturday at noon Eastern. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. As always, I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter, at Freedom Disciple, singular. I'm on Facebook, at Freedom's Disciple, plural. Um, Or also, you can send me a friend request, Jonathan Dunn, 58. I love getting involved and getting in touch with you, and I've had some very interesting dialogues this week. By the way, I don't know if if there's some type of cons- if you believe in conspiracies or not, but I have a small conspiracy to share with you. So, I would say about five days out of the week, the last month, I've been perfectly fine, healthy, totally okay. Every time I come on radio and and, and do interviews, and I, I'm coming to talk to you, I always feel like I'm sniffling. And I'm all every. I wake up that morning going, okay, I have to do my show this today, and I have to record it, and I'm I'm ready to do all my show prep. And I wake up, and, and I always feel bad because I'm inhaling Vicks and uh, another thing you sniff, and I always feel like I don't know, just it's a conspiracy. I'm fine every other day. It, there's this conspiracy. Everyone's out to get me. There's a cabal out to get me. That any time I come behind the radio, just to make you all think I'm, I don't know, unhealthy. Um, but anyway, that's just a, a side point. So this week was Valentine's week, and I got to be honest, I've never liked Valentine's Day. Um, as someone who's always been single on Valentine's Day and has never had one Valentine's Day with someone. <laughs> Cue the sad music. Um, And also, as someone who, you know, has said in the past, it was it's all commercial, and you know, it's if you're in a relationship with someone, you don't need Valentine's Day. You should treat them with love and respect every day, not just on Valentine's Day. But I have to say, I really enjoyed Valentine's Day this week online. 
because there was actually some positivity and nice messages and there was pictures of couples together happy and it was it was a pleasure to be online for most of that day because it was positive i saw some really nice things not pure hatred but that would with that being said i had a conversation with someone online um as i frequently do and i got asked a question and i thought you know what it's valentine's week and i got taught as a young person you know what there's never a bad time to tell a beautiful lady how beautiful she is. I got raised that way. There's never a bad time to tell a beautiful lady how beautiful she is or that you love her or that she's special. And because it's Valentine's Week and because I got this question online, I said, you know what, it's a perfect time to address this question again. Because, America, you're a beautiful lady and I love you. And there's never a bad time for me to share my feelings with you. See what I did there? So this question I got. I have a question for you, Jonathan. You say your dream is to become an American. Why? And please don't spout out Constitution this or Bill of Rights that because you have all the freedoms we have right now as a Canadian. Why America? So let me address that. I'm going to address it in a couple of different ways so you get the history of it. And in case you're only a new-term listener, you might know too much about me personally and where my love of America comes from. But I want to take it in two different steps. I want to take it in America the country and America the idea. So I was very blessed as a young kid. Um, When I was a young kid, you know, travel wasn't the same as it is today where you just jump on a plane to America like I am next week to D.C., and you just jump on and it's not a big deal. Oh, John's going to D.C. It's, huh, John's going to D.C. Well done. When I was growing up, it was like you're going to America or even to England. And England's only 90 miles off one of our coasts. If you said you were getting on a plane, it was like, wow, really? I've never, I've never been on one. It was, it was an experience. But when I was young for many different reasons I got to go over to my aunt in Florida she lived in um, a town called Clearwater near Tampa and we flew into Tampa airport and I fell in love the first time I went it was just a different culture I fell in love with first of all just put yourself in my situation you know you're gonna fall in love right from the minute you see America I come from a country that is not that warm is raining is miserable and cold and you put me into Florida, where there's palm trees, where, you know, the, I still remember it to this day, getting off a British Airways flight, stepping outside onto the, you know, the stairs you got off, and just having this warm air hit me. I was like, what is this? This is something I've never experienced to this level before. And then the drive, you know, all the palm trees, the warm weather, the beautiful accents, the beautiful women helped. Um... I fell in love. I was like, this is, wow, this is just, what a country. Um, I remember the buffets, which is something we I'd never experienced before. So we'd go to church on a Sunday. And this is all cultural. You notice, this is all, you do this as a norm. But I remember going to, I think it was a place called Homer's. Um, and we'd go to church on the Sunday. And then afterwards, 
um, you went and you had a buffet and it was just unbelievable. And you helped yourself and you could have free refills. Um, it was beautiful. And I fell in love and just the lifestyle and driving on different sides of the road, the sports, I, I got to watch different sports, I got to watch different things. It was just a whole cultural thing. And I just fell in love. And then we got to go back. Um, we went back, I think, three or four times within a few year period. And I just loved it. And, and I just said, this is where I want to live. I, I love everything about America. Now, you have to put this into the grain of salt. I was a teenager. I was young. I was, imp- I was impressionable. Um, I was seeing a different world, completely different to how I act, knew. And I just saw the way people acted and then I loved it. And I went, this is where I want to live. Then as I became, because I worked from a very young age, as well as going to school, I always had my own money in in a context. And then as I became a, a teenager and a young adult, and I turned 17 and 18, I started traveling myself and started going to New York and seeing people and getting my own friends and getting involved. Um, going around, going to different places. I've been to, been blessed to travel to many different cities and I fell in love with your people. Your people are just so nice, so kind, especially down south. Um, New Yorkers have an, a unique view to them, but they, I still love them um, when you get to know them. And I just fell in love. And then I had a pivot point. One of my biggest pivot points in 2007 was, I was always involved in politics. I loved it. But in 2007, uh, a certain president who was a Republican went on national television and I watched it and said, I have to destroy the free market to save the free market. And that opened a lot of doors for me because that just didn't sound right. So up until about 2007, I was in love with your country. My dream was to move over there, was to be successful, you know, was to help people. Um, my idea of the American dream was, you know, there is no glass ceiling in America. It doesn't matter where you come from. No one's going to look at you and say, you can't do things. It's a country of optimism. It's a country of, yeah, you can do things. Even back then I knew it. You know, over here, you'd find reasons not to, where you come from, your family, your background, your education. America just didn't seem to have any of that. It seemed to have this, you can do it. If you have an idea and you work hard, you can do it and you can be successful in America. Anyone can be successful in America. And, you know, I know Pete, this will upset some people, but I had a, I do have a lot of liberal family and friends. Um, and they, they used to have a line that, you know, if you look at George Bush and you look at his drawl and, you know, you have this Texan, if a Texan like George Bush who's using the, again, you won't like this because it's not true, but they use this narrative that, you know, if, if George Bush, who's dumb as a box of rocks, Southerner, can be president, anything can happen in America. That was the culture I grew up in. And that was the way I saw things until 2007. Fast forward to 2007 and research and getting to listen to talk radio over here, researching technology became better. I started falling in love with America, the idea. I started falling in love with the Constitution. I started falling in love with principles. And not so much the America, the country, but America, that idea. What is it that makes that idea possible? What is it that says, you know what? You can achieve anything. 
why did Emma Lazarus, you know, when she was writing for this, about the Statue of Liberty, give me your tired, your weak, and your huddled masses? What, why, why is that important? And as I started really studying the Constitution, not just reading it and kind of going, yeah, these are a bunch of words. Why, why does it mean something? Why is it different? Why is America different? Why is America different to the rest of the world? And as I started researching this and, and learning about world history, you know, uh, you look at history, take any arbitrary point you want, but let's go back a long time. Go back to 0 AD, the time of Christ. And let's take another arbitrary number, 1800s. Look at, z- you know, 0 AD to 1800. Why is there so little advancement by all the countries around the world? They still travel the same way. They still acted the same way. They still dug things with the same tools. The technology was the same. And that It was zero. There was zero advancements. And any advancements were incredibly minor. Why is it that in the last 217 years, there has been a million times over the advancement over the previous 1800s? And that's because of America. Because of that idea. That idea all starts that rights come from God. I offended someone. I'm sorry I didn't give you a trigger warning. Rights come from God. It changed America at its foundation. Whether you want to go back to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights been ratified in 1791, the Declaration of the Independence been signed on July 2nd, 1776, or you want to go all the way back to the 1600s with the Mayflower. America changed and was from its stay, day one was a different nation. It was a nation about freedom. It was about an in, a nation about the individual. And it's this idea that has fostered the ability for people to get upward mobility. It's a place where you can live and have a dream. It's a country and it's a culture that says you can do anything. But it's not a culture that's built on sand or man's law like every other nation is. Where a government can take it away at any time. It's a country built on God-given rights and responsibilities. I could talk for at length to answer this question. But the emotional investment I have in America is, it's, I'm not going to lie, it does start as that, that young, impressionable young boy stepping foot and seeing, oh my God, warm weather, palm trees, different sports, beautiful women, different accents. There is some of my love that's still tied up to that, that still sees America back the way it was in, I, can't, I, ne- I can never find out the year. It's impossible to find out. Not that I, I've tried. But all I know was Bush Sr. was president. That's So give or take those three or four years. So you're talking 88 to 92. And it wouldn't be 88. Probably be, I think it would have been about 1990, 91, 92 maybe. That era. That can-do spirit was still there. And I fell in love with it. I suppose the biggest thing that I love about America as a country, not as an idea, but as a country, is your people and been the optimism you hold. 
you know, back those times, there was still that optimism. The Reagan optimism was still there. The hope. You know, you, you take me over here. And, that, you know, let me give you an example. Launching a podcast for the blaze. People told me over here it would be a failure. I had a family member go, who the hell would listen to you? There's the negativity. Over in America, there's this positivity that says, yeah, why wouldn't you have a podcast? If Glenn Beck sees something, why wouldn't you have a podcast on the blaze? It's possible. Anything is possible. There's that optimism. You, you see things more positively than other countries that I'm used to. There's this positivity that you can do it. Then there's the facts and figures behind it. And this is just pure facts and figures. You look at the size of a house in America, you look at the size of a house in Europe, America's houses are bigger. You look at the lifestyle of Americans compared to the rest of the world, it's better. Last time I checked, these type of things would be considered good things, not bad things. You look at the opportunity. You look at just the amount of rags to riches stories you hear in America, you know these, you hear them all the time. The stories of, well, I grew up with absolutely nothing. You know, my parents were on food stamps, then they struggled each week and day to feed us, to put food on the table. But now I'm a multimillionaire because I worked hard, like I created this invention. You don't really hear those stories over here. Because there isn't the same drive, there isn't the same optimism, there isn't the same, oh, you're a poor disadvantaged kid. Yeah, of course you can be a millionaire and a billionaire. Of course you can. You you know, you're a poor kid who has nothing and you're going to have educational problems. You know, of course you can, you know, set up your own company. Over here, we don't have it. Over here, we have this culture where, you know, we'll help that person by make them, making them dependent on government and holding them back and saying, oh, you poor thing, you can't do anything. We must help you. You need our help. There's never a way to break the change between man and government. These are just some of the reasons I love America. I also love it because of your history. You know, I I, I get mad, and I know it doesn't go down. It depends on who's president and who I'm talking about. I get mad when I see people diss America. My blood literally boils. You know, this America sucks crowd that's on both sides. You know, when Bernie Sanders goes and talks about America not being a compassionate nation, my blood boils. I don't care who it is. My blood boils. Same way last week when I discussed Donald Trump, you know, making a moral equivalent to Russia. My blood boils. My blood actually boils. I just want to, I actually want to shake the person going, are you serious? What part of history have you not read? Has America, is America perfect? No, absolutely not. Not by any stretch of the imagination. Has America made mistakes? Absolutely. If I was the all-seeing Wizard of Oz and all-knowing, if I could be a puppet master and change of, America, of America's decisions in the last 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 50, 100 years, would I? Absolutely. However, 
There's a reason I finished this show, and I say this all the time. There's a reason I finished the show the way I do. Because if you've heard nothing for the last hour plus, the last thing I want to leave you with is the Tocqueville. America is great because Americans are good. You've done so much through advancement, through technology, through medical advancements. You look at all the medication. You just look at all the diseases. Go, and don't take my word for it. I'm not going to give you any of them. Go to Google and look at all the diseases that people suffered from in the 1800s. And ask yourself if you ever heard of them. Or when was the last time you saw someone suffer with them? Look at the advancements in medications. That's your people. That's an individual person or collection of people going, I have this idea. I think I could cure this. I could cure this disease. Or have this idea. You know, even just look at war. I know this is not popular to talk about. You look, read about the Civil War and, and what people did. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to give you some homework to do if you want to find out just how much advancement has happened. Look at war and how they treated wound, injured and wounded people during the Civil War. And look at the treatment they can get today. It's incredible. You look at the life expectancy of... Um, I don't know what the politically correct word is. We we call them special needs people over here. Down syndromes. I have a couple of Down syndrome friends. One of my Down syndrome friends, I think, is approaching 60 soon. 60. Six, zero. 20 years ago, that wouldn't have been heard of. He probably would have seen 30. Maybe 40 if he was lucky. He's approaching 60. He's an incredible guy. He, he helps out in the army. He's a great, great guy. God, did I just sound like Donald Trump there? <laughs> he's a great, great guy. He's, he's, he's the best. <laughs> Sorry. You just look at all these advancements. Your people did these. You know, you look at all the metrics of who's the most charitable nation. America's historically number one. It's currently number two between behind Miramar, between time and donations. That is the country. That is the idea. Your people, all the missions you do. It's incredible. Your nation has changed the world, whether you like it or not. And for me, why wouldn't I want to be part of it? Why wouldn't I want to be part of the greatest nation on earth? Why wouldn't I want to be be part of a country that can say so many proudful things about itself? And not in a boastful way and, oh, look at me, how great I am. But in a way of the Statue of Liberty. Come follow me. This is the way to be. You, anybody can be America if you make the sacrifices and you have the right principles. God-given freedoms can happen to any country. But America will always be the first country to find them and to stand for them and to change the way our world works. So the question was, why is my dream to become an American? I would ask each and every person who doesn't share my views a question, but in reverse. Why wouldn't you dream to become an American? Why wouldn't you want to be par- part and play a small, small role in the country and the idea that is the United States of America? i got to take a quick break, America. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Thank you so much for listening to this short clip from the Freedom's Disciple podcast from last Saturday. I hope you enjoyed the content. Please subscribe for free on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music by searching Freedom's Disciple. 
where new content is released every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. God bless. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. The Blaze Radio Network. 